Today's scripture is from Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 10. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, let me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot give you and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We do have a very special uh, guest speaker today. His name is Pastor Charles Lee. He is our second assistant pastor candidate. He's currently serving at Hanbit Presbyterian Church, uh, located at Elmhurst. Um, and as he comes up to share God's word, let's give him a warm and safe welcome. Please come forward. Good afternoon, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Good. Uh, a little bit about myself, uh, I guess. I'm originally from California, and you might be wondering, uh, I am full Korean. Uh, this is what we call the California tan. Uh, and, uh, you know, I met some people for lunch yesterday and met some people uh, during the interview, and I found out that uh, David actually lived where I grew up for a little bit, and his wife, so we, the small town called Cerritos. Uh, in uh, in the L.A. area. And uh, you guys might be wondering, what are you doing in New York? Especially when it comes wintertime, people ask me, what are you doing in New York? Because right? today, I think right now, the, it's like 39, 40 degrees, and I just checked, L.A. is going to hit 91. So, uh, but uh, I love cold, to be honest. I, I love it a little bit colder than warmer. And uh, you might think this is crazy, but last year around this time, I went back to L.A., uh, and I had to wear shorts everywhere, and I found out L.A. weather could get kind of boring, right? It's just the same all throughout, and nothing beats Christmas in New York. So uh, that's a little bit about me. Hopefully, we'll get to know each other a little bit better in the few weeks that come, but if not, well. <laughs> Before I begin, though, uh, you know, I, I, we had a time of greeting, and uh, we had a gentleman in the back John Park's father, he came for his grandson's uh, baptism today. And if you don't mind, I just wanted to say something to him. Uh, 제가 이중으로 설교는 못하겠지만 제 아버님 위해서는 uh, 그냥 간단하게 오늘 설교가 이제 기도할 때 담대하게 강하게 기도하라 이런 설교입니다. Okay, so just wanted you know because he needed to get a worship too. Right, so just a little bit for him. Uh, that's the extent of the Korean that's coming out today. So, uh, just to prove I am Korean. All right. So, how is how is everyone doing today? How's everyone? You know, our our standard answer to that question is always going to be, "I'm good, I'm fine." The Korean person answers, "Fine, thank you, and you." Right. But how are you really doing? How are you really doing? Is everything good in life? Is everything perfect in life? Is everything without issues in your life? 
Who would say right now, if I ask show of hands, everything in your life is perfect? And that's right. None of us that live a perfect life. We all go through things in life. And though sometimes when we come to church, we try to display a perfect life, a fa- perfect family, a perfect Christianness, a perfect job, and all these things, we know when we go back home, or whatever the case may be, that there are pains, and there are hurts, and there are things that we go through that sometimes we might not share so openly to one another. We all have stress, we have, all have worries, we all have concerns. I was just talking to some people outside and some, speaking with some people yesterday about how there's a bug going around in schools, and I see a lot of kids, a lot of babies holding on to their moms right now, and we know how it is like when kids are sick at home. I feel like it's okay when kids are sick at home. For me, the problem is when my wife gets sick, right, that's when everything kind of shuts down, all right? I don't know how many of your families are like that, but when my wife is sick, I'm like, oh, so pizza? <laughs> what helps? Or what should help when things are not perfect, when we have issues and we have concerns? And as you could tell by my sermon, it's a simple answer. It's prayer. And you might think, well, I've heard this same old story all the time. I've been going to church all my life, and every pastor that's come to me, and I said, Pastor, I have this problem. And they said, pray. And it is. It's, it is a simple answer. But there's a few words in before prayer in my talk, sermon today. It's called audacious in prayer. How is your prayer? You know, uh, I do work in a, a Korean-American church right now with a first-gen, and my head pastor, he told me if he has any complaint to say about second generation. And I was like, I didn't even ask. <laughs> if I had a complaint about a second generation, uh, it is, I feel they don't pray hard. That's what he mentioned. And, you know, he, he goes by the standard of, like, we have morning prayer, right? We come at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. to pray every day, and you guys would rather sleep in. It's like, yeah. And he kind of said, and I, I, I can understand to a certain degree, degree, the way our parents prayed is probably different from the way we pray. The amount of effort and time they took in prayer might be a little bit different from the way that we spend our time in prayer. So the question then is, do you pray? And more than that is, what is the attitude that you have in your prayer? In our verses for today, that was read, I was I was going to be read by Monica, but it was read by Hannah today. That's fine. Uh, preceding our verses uh, for our section from the verses 5 to 10, in verses 1 through 4, it tells us that Jesus was praying. And after he was prayed, he came down and his disciples came and asked him, teach us how to pray. Can you teach us, Jesus? We are fishermen. We're this, we're that. Just as John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray, can you teach us how to pray? And Jesus gives this very uh, standard response, a response that, uh, that we find in our Lord's Prayer that many of you guys might have recited from a time in your life or memories, memori- um, memorized it by heart. Jesus says, Acknowledge God for who God is. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Jesus says, 
seek God's forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And in between those two sections, there's a place where he says, and give us this day our daily bread. Where we're supposed to ask God for the things that we need. We need our sustenance, but more than that, the troubles, the ways of our lives, the things that we need, sometimes even the things that we want in life. Pray about those things. And that's what we get in the verses that come right before our passage for today. Jesus teaches them what to say. And then Jesus shares a story. A man goes to his neighbor's house. He knocks on the door. It says midnight in the ESV translation. Bangs on the door. Hey, my, a buddy of mine came on a journey, and I have nothing to prepare. I have no food. Give me like three loaves of bread. And the man said, yeah, I'm sleeping, man. I'm, I'm sleeping. My kids are sleeping with me. Don't, don't bother me. But eventually, the man inside the house gets up and gives him whatever they need. a funny story it's an interesting story and think of this if this happened to you if somebody came over to you one of your neighbors or one of your uh, fellow members in here came to your house at midnight hey uh, my in-laws just flew in from Korea the midnight flight they just got in I have no food I don't know how it happened I have no food can you go give me some rice man can you give me some rice and they're like man time is 24 hours dude it's why, why are you bothering me? My kids are, it's, do you know what time it is? It's your fault you're not prepared. Right? You, you knew the schedule. You know when your in-laws are going to come. Don't, don't come at me, man. And I think that's a perfectly reasonable response. Well, you might say, oh, if we're Christian, maybe we get up. But that seems like a perfectly reasonable response to that request. Perhaps the man should have prepared for his guest's arrival. But who knows? Back then, there's no GPS. There's no flight schedule. This guy's horse might have ran a little bit faster, and he was supposed to arrive the next day. But he got there at midnight. like, oh, man, I was going to go to the market tomorrow, but he came early. I have no food. Who knows the circumstances of what this person is going through? And so when all other avenues were exhausted, when he found out the butcher shop is closed, the bakery is closed, the whatever else they eat a long time ago, places closed. He said, I guess I got to go check out my neighbors. And they banged on the door and said, give me some food because my friend is here. And we all know in Jesus' stories, he, just, he doesn't just tell you a story. for like, oh, that's a good story. He tells you because there's a message behind it. He tells you because sometimes these people represent other things. They represent who we should be and who. And in this story, who who do the two people represent? The man who knocks on the door of the neighbor is us. Or it should be us. Right? The following passage talks about how Jesus says, ask and uh, it will be given to you. Knock, seek. The person knocking should be us. And who's the man inside? Who does that person represent? That's God. The man inside sleeping with his kids 
is God. So then what is Jesus telling us? Jesus is saying, when you go to God in prayer, you say these things, but the attitude that you have is you go with boldness. You go with no reservation. You go with impudence. You guys know what impudence means? SAT. Yeah, I was asked 20 years ago. I don't impudence means showing a lack of respect. <gasps> Show God lack of respect. That's crazy. That's unheard of. When you go to God, you demand God, God, I need this. God, I want this. I need this right now. I'm sorry. I think I heard a baby cry a little bit. I need this right now. My friends came. I, I need food. And when I ask you guys, is your life perfect? Nobody raise your hand because why? We need things in life. We need and we want things to make things a little bit better. For our lives to go a little bit better. We have to be bold with God. You have to seek God and God will answer. You got to knock on God's door. Make sure he hears you. You got to demand of God. Jesus is telling us when you are desperate in life, when you truly need answers, when you're stressed, when you're worried, when you're confused, go to God, maybe humbly before God, but perhaps a little bit disrespectful and demand of God, the creator of all things, to meet you at your needs, to take care of what's going on in your life. And God will provide for you. Verses 9 through 10, that answers. When you ask, it will be given. When you seek, you'll find. When you knock, it will be opened onto you. My brothers and sisters, this may sound crazy, a little bit crazy, but how disrespectful are you to God in your prayers? How demanding of you are you to God in your prayers? And perhaps we are not a little disrespectful. Perhaps we're not a little bit audacious or impudent because that's not how we're taught. We are taught to be good Christians, right? To be reserved Christians, to be kind Christians. We're taught not to be disrespectful, disrespectful to anybody. You're not supposed to use God's name in vain. You can't go to God in that manner. And that's true, right? We're taught that God has a plan and you accept that plan. And that's true as well. So when we pray, we kind of pray like this. God, uh, I could really use uh, financial stability or you know, I really want to get into this college or I really need healing for my mom who's going through this. And then we end with, but whatever you want, whatever your will is, I'm good with it. All right, that's how we pray. I need this, but if it doesn't happen, it's okay. You know, it's true. We are to accept God's plan for us. We are supposed to accept what God planned out for us in our lives. But do you know God's plan for your future? Exactly what's going to happen tonight, tomorrow, next week, next year, the year after that. Now we say we don't know. And perhaps that's why we should be praying. The acceptance of God's plans comes after the praying, after we have exhausted all avenues of asking, seeking, and knocking. And after days and weeks of praying, we accept it as, 
I guess this isn't going to be the way I want it to be, but okay, because you are God. That is faith. Faith is not just accepting what will happen in the end, but faith is built up through the wrestling and the praying and the asking and the seeking of God and receiving God's answer after that. Think about it this way, ladies in this room, those of you who have significant others or you're, you have married, you have husbands, I want to ask you a question. Now, I don't know how many of you guys got together. Right? Actually, I don't know how any of you guys got together. But if your husband, current husband, or your uh, boyfriend or whatever came to you and saw you and they came to you and they asked you out like this, how would you respond? They, they came to you and said, hey, uh, yeah, I think you're really, really pretty. You're cool and you're funny and uh, I would like to go get coffee with you. But if you don't want, that's okay. Your will be done. <laughs> I want to go out with you. But uh, you know what? If you don't like me for whatever reason, it's okay. Ladies, would you be like, sure. Well, just the type of guy I want. I want a scared man. <laughs> no, you want men who are hopefully a little bit confident, right? A man who could kind of stand up for themselves. Not be disrespectful and terrifying, but probably not take no for an answer. At least to you, be loving and kind, but also you could see the person as someone I could trust, someone that could lead my family in the future, things like that. You wouldn't want a man that says, hi, I like you, but uh, you know what, If it, it's okay. Oh, why do we go to God in that way? Why do, you go, why do we go to God and say, God, this is what I need, this is what I want, but you know what, if, if you don't want to, that's fine. I hope we become audacious in our prayers. I hope we go with boldness to God, that you cry out to God. I want all of us to cry out in our prayers. What is weighing on your hearts and minds today? Things that I have no idea that's going on through your life. Things that some, maybe Pastor John and Pastor James have no idea. Things that nobody else in here knows. But you know, the small stresses and worries on your mind. Go before God in prayer. And I I, I want us to look at a biblical example of this. And we're going to look at King David. David King David was a great man. Many of you are named David. Probably after King David. That's how Christian families roll like that. King David, probably the greatest king of Israel. Anointed at a young age. A little shepherd board boy. Defeated Goliath when nobody else would stand up to him. Brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. But we all know also that David sinned. You all know of David's sin. And in 2 Samuel verse chapter 11, it tells a story that he was on a rooftop. Uh, he looked down. He saw a woman bathing. And he was like, ooh, who's that? Okay. Uh, do you guys remember her name? Bathsheba. Yeah, Bathsheba. My, uh, one of my Korean pastors told me the easiest way to remember her name is Bath. She was taking a bath. She, Bath, Pwatsa. <laughs> Bathsheba. <laughs> The Bible's easy like that. Saw her bathing and said, who's that? He inquired about her. He found out 
that it was one of his soldier's wives, this guy named Uriah the Hittite, who was actually listed as one of David's mighty warriors. But he was like, oh, I'm king. Bring her to me. Slept with her. Got her pregnant. And he's like, oh, I got to cover this up. Bring Uriah. And tried to have Uriah sleep with his wife. But it didn't go well. And so what did David do? Sent a letter that Uriah had to carry by himself to the commander. Send him to the front lines where the fighting is fiercest. So he will eventually die. And what was the result of the sin that David committed? The prophet Nathan came to him and said, the child that will be born through Bathsheba, that child will die. God says, God proclaims, that child, because of your sin, is going to die. Nathan rebuked him. God proclaimed it. What did David do? You guys know? Did David say, well, if God says so, I guess that's it. It said that David prayed on behalf of the child. David cried out on behalf of the child. He, he, uh, he fasted. He didn't eat. He laid on the ground for seven days. So much, the, the, the servants were worried about him. Oh, come, please, king, get up and eat. It's like, how can I eat? My child is dying. My child is sick. Seven days pass, and the, he overheard his servants telling, talking to each other, man, the baby died. How can we, how can we tell the king? He's going to be more upset than he is now. But when he heard this, what did David do? He got up, he cleansed himself, and he said, bring me some food so I can eat. And the servants were confused. Why, why are you eating now? Don't you know? Don't you realize that the child that you've been praying for has died? And David says, this is what he says. He said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and I wept. For I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. What does it say about our attitude in prayer? After the fact, there's no more need to pray. But until that's resolved, really, God, is really, God, is really this your plan? Please have compassion on me. Please have mercy on me. Please take care of this for me. God said, no. And that's when David said, thy will be done. He was audacious in his prayers until the answer came out. And so when we come to God, we pray and we are bold and a little respectful until we get the final answer. At the end of last year, uh, my second son got sick. I have two, two boys. Uh, one is a, is a first grader and my second son, he turned two just a few weeks ago. Uh, but my second son, he, for whatever reason, my first son was really healthy growing up. My second son, not too much. He was, uh, I think when he was four months old, he already spent three days in the hospital uh, because he, he had breathing problems. And at the end of last year, at the end of last year, uh, end of December, 
<clears throat> he developed a rash on his body. And he started throwing up a lot. And my wife and I, we couldn't stop it. We didn't know what was going on. So we said, uh, let's take him to urgent care, the PM Pediatrics at Bay Terrace. And we went there. And they did all these tests, right? So at that time, uh, my, my second boy was 13 months old, about to be 14 months, 13 months old. And they d- drew blood, right? They did a strep toast, uh, strep toast, a strep throat test to see if there's any virus or any bacteria within him. And everything came up pretty clean. Like, so it was one of those, we don't know what's wrong with him. But it's probably just a passing virus, passing bacteria. Just give it a few days, and hopefully he'll be better. Hopefully there won't be a, a problem. So we said, okay, I guess that's the end of that. We went home, and then two days passed, and it was New Year's Eve, December 31st, uh, 2018. I got a call from Urgent Care, and they said, we need you to bring your child back. I was like, why? Like, we want to do more testing just to be safe. Uh, well, okay. So my wife and our family, we went back to urgent care. And, you know, it's sad to see when they keep on drawing blood from a 14-month-old, right? And they did that, and they said, you know, uh, we found out that the blood is kind of clean, so we need to check if the kidneys are, like, cleansing everything well, so we need to collect his urine and the best way to do that is to put a catheter up this 14 month old kid i'm like i don't want to see this and after that they said you know what let's take an x-ray just to rule out uh, a a, a pneumonia like a hidden pneumonia that could be in his lungs and we did all that on december 31st 2018 and we waited what a long time Right? The hospitals, these places don't go very quickly. And the doctor, the nurse practitioner, came in and said, you need to sit down. I said, like, okay. It's, it's not a good sign. He said, uh, you know, when we take the x-ray, there's no pneumonia, uh, but we found a mass on one of the glands in the middle uh, of his chest. And I was like, well, what does that mean? As I go, we're hoping that it's benign. But if it's not, it's cancer. And so you have to go to North Shore ER right now. And as any parent who might hear that, you just start crying, right? What's going on? Oh, my God, what's, go- what's going on? What is this? I remember crying, and <laughs> the doctor was like, should I call an ambulance? Like, can you drive? I'm like, oh, I'll make it. I loaded my, my wife, my firstborn, uh, my second kid. We're on the way from Bayside to go to uh, Long Island North Shore. And as parents, uh, my wife and I, we started kind of talking about, like, things we weren't able to do for our son, right? He, I have two sons, so we never bought my second son new clothes. Because everything that the first toy wore, it just goes naturally to him. We never bought him new toys because whatever the first kid played with, it all went to him. I said, why didn't we buy, right, the regrets. Like, why didn't we buy him new clothes? Why didn't we buy him toys? And we went to North Shore. And, you know, in that car ride, driving there and all throughout the hospital stay, 
man, I was crying out to God. I didn't verbally cry out to God. I didn't want to freak out my kids. But in my mind, I was like, God, are you for real? You're on the last day. That this is how you're going to end my 2018 and begin my 2019? Cancer? You, you for real, man? No. No. Not like this, God. I No, when we go to North Shore, it better come out clean. If it's a mistake, something. I'm not, ta- I'm not taking this. And I think that was one of the most recent times where I was a little bit disrespectful to God. Like, you, you think you're you God? you like this, man? Went to North Shore Hospital. More x-rays, more tests. Hours pass by. The doctor comes in and says, it's all good. Maybe he moved in the first x-ray. But it, the gland looks exactly the way it's supposed to look like at a child that age. There's nothing to worry about. He doesn't have cancer. And you might think, well, that's not a long time. Like, but I, like, that's an eternity. That five hours of like, does he have cancer? Does he have cancer? Better not have cancer. Better not have cancer. As a parent, you guys know when your kids are sick, that's an eternity. And I broke down once again. I said, thank you, God. You see, David knew God said, your child would die. And yet he still prayed and fasted and humbled himself before God and said, please no, please no, please no. And God's will was still done. For me, God didn't talk to me directly. Yeah, it's cancer. Sorry, this is what's going to be. So all I could do was pray and demand of God, not this, not like this. Please, God, I need my child to be healthy. And so when I ask you guys today to be audacious in your prayers, it's just in that way. Impudent in your prayers, just in that way. Maybe a little bit disrespectful. Maybe not approach that we usually take when we go in prayer to God, but demanding God, not this. Help me with this, God. Take care of this, God. I need you. I worship you. I praise you. God, please take care of this. I'm asking you. I'm seeking you. I'm knocking at your door, God. Be with me. Guide me. Help me. And so, my encouragement to you my request of you guys is pray to God every day. Cry out to God. What do you need? What do you want to see happen in your life? Do you need healing for yourself or for a family member? We're getting to that age where now we know all of our parents aren't healthy anymore. And some of us are getting to that age where we're not healthy anymore. Do we need or want or desire physical healing for a loved one? Do you need restoration in a relationship, whether it's with your spouse, your kids, your own parents, your friends? Do you need or want a new job? Do you need financial help and stability? What is the thing that you can be crying out to God for starting today? 2019 is almost over. We have six more weeks, about a month and a half. In the new year, in 2020, 2020, what are you going to demand of God? 
What is the prayer request? What do you need to see happen in your life? God has a plan for you, yes. But we don't know God's plan. Ask and demand of God. And if and when it does not happen, it may not happen, then have the faith to accept it. Do you want to go to a certain college next year? Pray. Do you want to have a certain job next year? Pray. Are you planning on getting married next year? Pray. Do you need healing and restoration? Pray. Have you been trying for a baby and it's not been going well? Pray. Are you trying for a second child, a third, fourth, fifth, or Pastor John, your sixth? (laughs) Pray. Pray to God. Be bold with God. God can take it. God has thick skin. He knows sometimes you might not mean it. Pray. You won't hurt him. Be humbly impudent. And our good father, who gave up his son, Jesus Christ, to hang on a cross to die for us, to resurrect for us, to go through all that pain, because God loves us. If our God is willing to give up his only child for us, what would he not give up for you? What would he withhold from you? You are more beautiful than the flowers in the fields, more precious than the birds in the air. You are made in God's image. My brothers and sisters, be audacious in your prayers and see what God can do for you. Let's pray together. And uh, I know this is not the style that uh, the worship goes, but right now, I just, before I close in prayer, I just want us to take uh, just a minute or two in a, a time of silent meditation, silent prayer. What is weighing on your hearts right now that you need to see God move and act in and you desire for God's movement and action? And So if you could uh, maybe cry out to God or, or quietly cry out to God in your hearts and your minds, let's just take a minute to, to pray to God right now. Let's pray. Father, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, you taught us to pray in that way. But you also taught us to seek and ask and knock. Lord, I may not know what's dwelling in the hearts of all our brothers and sisters here at NCF today, the members that cannot join us today from the youngest child to the oldest member. Lord, hear them when they cry out to you. May they lay their concerns, their fears at your feet and experience your power 
that this God that they serve, that they worship here today, is not a weak God. It's not a God who turns a deaf ear to his people, but a God who listens, who holds our hands, who leads us along the way. And yes, maybe sometimes we may not get all that we want exactly in the way we want it. And if that's what happens, may we be okay with it. But until that day, Help us, Lord, to cry out audaciously to you, boldly to you, impudently to you. And may we see your power over us, Lord. We thank you. In your son's name we pray.